Last week, I saw a video making the rounds on social media in which an adorable baby beaver at a rehab center pushed and pulled stuffed animals and other toys, wadded paper, and a small Christmas tree into a colorful dam, rearranging elements as it added new ones. Watching it brought me back to my own rehab days and, specifically, how birds displayed some innate behaviors even as they adapted those natural behaviors to a very unnatural environment. I once treated a Sora with a broken leg. I taped the leg at the brake and splinted it. Then I made a sling from a handkerchief to suspend the poor thing for a few days so she wouldn't put any weight on the leg as it mended. When the leg seemed sturdy enough to walk on, I kept her in our living room for a few days longer to make sure she was healthy and healed enough to release. Soras are defenseless. While I was holding the poor thing, she never once tried to bite and didn't struggle much at all. Between her large, beseeching eyes and her gentle demeanor, I fell in love with the little thing. My kids fell in love with her, too. Soras are small rails. They average 85 grams, or about 3 ounces, just about exactly the average weight of a blue jay and about the same as the heaviest robins, making them a perfect-sized meal for a lot of predators. But unlike jays and robins, soras do not fly fast and don't fight back. Hiding is their only defense, so they mostly lurk in dense stands of cattails. They look plump, but their bodies are flattened laterally so they can move between stalks without rustling them to give away their location. When one must pass through an opening, it usually scurries across until it reaches cover again. My living room was also the place I often kept my education nighthawk Fred, along with any nighthawks I was rehabbing. They'd snuggle against Fred, whose calm demeanor put the others at ease. Most of the time, Fred faced the room from under the piano bench, but when the sun was shining through the south window warming the carpet in the center of the room, he'd waddle over there, the others following. That meant I needed to keep newspapers spread in two distinct areas. When I released the Sora in the room, I figured I'd need to spread papers throughout the floor, thinking the Sora would wander more randomly than the Nighthawks did. But nope, I just needed to put papers down along the two walls where the windows were. Without dense vegetation, the little bird found the next best thing. Our draperies went down to the floor, and the Sora spent just about every minute of every day in the narrow space between a drapery panel and the wall. I kept a shallow dish of mealworms and other food items behind one drapery panel and a dish of water behind another. When the drapes were open, every now and then the bird would walk quickly through the opening between panels. Otherwise, we could go hours without seeing her. 
My living room was also the place neighborhood kids gathered to play with Legos. Most of them walked right in, everyone carefully paying attention to where the Nighthawks might be. The Sora was in the living room for only a few days, but during them the kids got a kick out of watching her pass from one drapery panel to the other. She was used to me and didn't scurry away when I brought more food or water, even inches from where she might be standing. She didn't mind children nearby either. Her adaptability in this unnatural setting made her recover much more quickly than if she'd been stressed out or panicky. Like that baby beaver constructing a dam out of stuffed animals when no appropriate building materials were available, this little Sora made the best of a bad situation to feel at least a little at home while she healed. When she was ready for release, my daughter Katie came along to the large marsh at Wisconsin Point. We headed to a nice stand of cattails, Katie holding her and then gently setting her on the open ground right next to the cattails. The Sora blinked a bit, ruffled and shook her feathers once, and headed right into the vegetation, not looking back. Within seconds, we could no longer see or hear her. Knowing she was in there somewhere made the entire marsh seem suddenly richer. I've never been able to drive along Wisconsin Point since then without thinking of this little bird, so adaptable when she needed to be, even as she never lost sight of where she really belonged. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.